Thanks so much, guys. Uh, feel free to have a seat if you're in the room here with us. Good morning. Uh, my name's Ludo. It's really good to be here with you again uh, to everyone in the room and also those of you joining us online. Uh, so glad you could be with us, and I want to add my really warm welcome uh, as well. I'm going to be continuing on uh, in our series on uh, the armor of God this morning from Ephesians chapter 6. And if you haven't heard the first uh, two talks in the series by Matt and Michiel, I would highly recommend uh, you listen to those as well. They, uh, they are well worth a listen. I was very encouraged by them, and they're very helpful. Um, so check those out. But this week, uh, we're speaking about truth. I wonder, how interested are you in truth? How important is it to you uh, that what you build your life on is really true? Is that ultimately what you're committed to, or would you be happy to uh, build your life on a view of the world that's perhaps not completely true, but that serves uh, some other purpose or satisfies some other need? A lot of things uh, around us indicate that we do care a great deal about truth. If we find out, for example, that um, a prominent public figure like a politician has lied to us or has concealed important information, uh, we are rightly outraged at that. And uh, we're also these days very big on living in a way that's uh, authentically you. And maybe that's uh, just new language for a value that people have embraced for centuries, which is living with integrity. And that's also a form of building your life on truth. And it seems we do care a great deal about that. But maybe there are some uh, worldviews, some ways of life, which are primarily about something else. Maybe they're about uh, finding inner peace or about being kind to one another uh, or about getting the maximum enjoyment out of life. Some would argue that uh, Christianity is a little bit like that. They would say uh, it's mainly just a worldview that if followed gives you some sense of purpose, some sense of inner peace. Uh, gives you a tight-knit community, maybe it cultivates some positive behaviors, but at the end of the day, they would say it's not true. Um, but is, is valuable because it gives you those things. But I've definitely also seen uh, people whose highest pursuit in life is pleasure, is enjoyment of their life. And you could say uh, that that's somewhat valuable in the sense that it means you have fun, maybe you have lots of uh, friends who you have lots of fun memories with, but is that built on truth? Is pleasure the true purpose of our existence? I don't think so personally, but uh, maybe that's not the most important thing to everyone. So to what extent is your uh, worldview that you've built your life on, uh, to what extent does that flow from a genuine pursuit of truth and how much does that matter to you? In the verses that we're looking at today, uh, truth is central. They're all about truth and how foundational it is to standing firm as a Christian. And before we read the passage from Ephesians together again, I want to remind you um, that the image that Paul, the Apostle Paul uses here of uh, a fully armed and equipped soldier primarily alludes to Old Testament images of the Messiah, of God's chosen, uh, of God's promised savior for his people. We heard from Matt a couple of weeks ago that uh, to put on the armor of God is to put on Christ. And that same armor that Jesus has is ours as well, through, whom, sorry, through our uh, union with him. So wearing that armor means recognizing that union we have 
with Jesus, who's already been victorious over sin and victorious over the devil. And I think that's really significant as we start to think about this passage. So let's read it again together. Ephesians 6, uh, verses 10 to 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So the two pieces of armor that we're focusing on today uh, are the belt of truth from verse 14 and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God from verse 17. And we're looking at them together because they go hand in hand. And notice that the belt is actually the very first piece of spiritual armor mentioned uh, in this passage. There are all sorts of other great attributes mentioned, uh, righteousness, faith, salvation, but truth is the first. And could that indicate uh, that truth is foundational for standing firm? Remember, the armor is meant for standing firm against the schemes of the devil. Uh, and lies and deceit seem to be central in the devil's schemes to pull us away from God. So could that be why truth is the first piece of armor mentioned? Is centrality, the centrality of deceit and lies in the devil's schemes uh, the, the, the reason for the centrality of truth in the way God calls us to live. The idea of the belt of truth comes from, uh, like I mentioned before, from the Old Testament, from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 5. And it's looking forward to the Messiah and says, Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. And so in that verse, we see the Messiah himself wearing faithfulness or truth around his waist as a belt. So part of us putting on Christ is that we also fasten on the belt of truth and that we be committed to standing firm on truth. And the, the fact that truth is uh, the belt in the armor of God may seem odd to you as well. A belt seems like quite a non-essential thing. And these days, when someone wears a belt, it's usually more of an accessory. It's not strictly functional. Uh, but actually, in the context of a soldier dressed for battle, the belt was a very important piece of equipment. So uh, having the belt fastened tightly around your waist indicated that you were, uh, that the soldier was ready for battle, whereas having it sitting loose around your waist meant that you were 
uh, off duty and not really ready for combat. And the belt was also really important for uh, holding other pieces of equipment and clothing in the right place to properly secure everything to the soldier and to give the soldier freedom of movement so they'd be able to fight. And on top of that, the belt would also have held uh, the scabbard for the sword. Uh, so the belt really was a very important piece of equipment to hold together uh, all the things uh, that the soldier needed to be properly armed and properly equipped. So having your belt fastened means you are ready for battle. So again, that indicates the centrality of truth. But why would it be so central? Well, the belt is a metaphor for preparedness, for readiness for battle, readiness for what is to come. We see another example of that in Exodus uh, chapter 12, 11, at the Passover, where God instructs Israel to uh, eat the Passover with their belts fastened, signifying that they uh, need to be ready to leave Egypt at a moment's notice. So fastening on a belt means you are prepared for physical battle or physical action. And in the same way, knowing the truth means that we are prepared for spiritual battle. Now, in all of that, it's, of course, important to remember uh, what I said earlier, which is that the belt of truth and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, they go hand in hand. They are inseparable. So the truth that we need to be fastening around ourselves like a belt is the truth that's found in God's Word. That is the essential weapon that we need to arm ourselves with. Taking up the sword of the Spirit means uh, knowing and living by the Word of God and standing on the truth uh, that it pr proclaims. So how exactly does it do that? How does the truth from God's word prepare us for spiritual battle, prepare us for standing firm uh, against the devil? Well, firstly, uh, the truth about God is absolute. And so it gives us a solid anchor. There are so many different ways in our world of uh, thinking about truth. There are different definitions of truth, and different theories about the extent to which truth is subjective based on our personal perception or experience. Most people would agree uh, that there is an extent to which truth is absolute and objective. But when it comes to spiritual matters, I don't think it's uh, a stretch to say that we live essentially in a post-truth world. Truth at a spiritual level, at a worldview level, uh, is seen by many people as subjective. Some would say, for example, that uh, one worldview can be true for you and a different worldview can be true for me at the same time. Maybe that's uh, how you think about spirituality. Would you say that uh, kind of all spiritual ideas are equally valid and ultimately lead to the same place? Or would that actually just mean that uh, no spiritual ideas are objectively true? And is that a spiritual idea in itself? And is that then objectively true or not? I would argue that seeing spiritual truth as subjective and defined by your own experience leaves you without an anchor. So searching for your truth with disregard to any external reality is not solid ground. What the Bible asserts is that spiritual truth is absolute and objective. Truth from God's word, truth uh, from God, is truth from an external source who created all things. 
and it's truth that will always hold, regardless of your state of mind or your perception. And that is an anchor that we can build our lives on. And doing so will enable us to stand firm in our faith. Some of the most uh, wonderfully clear and absolute statements in Scripture are about Jesus himself. In John 14, 6, for for example, uh, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in Acts uh, 4, verse 12, we see again that there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The truth from God's word is absolute, and it gives us security. It gives us an anchor that helps us to stand firm in a post-truth world. And that doesn't mean that uh, everything is simple. It doesn't mean that everything we encounter in life will have an easy black and white answer. But it does mean that we can confidently walk into the complexity of it all uh, and the nuance of life and know that we have an anchor, know that we have uh, truth, that there is truth to be found and that we can hold on to. So how else uh, does the truth from God's word prepare us for spiritual battle? Well, knowing the truth also enables us to detect and defend against uh, the devil's lies. Paul actually writes about this uh, earlier on in Ephesians in chapter 4 when he's writing about the different gifts that God has given to the church. And he talks in verse 14 about no longer being children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, but rather, uh, going on in verse 15, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So these verses are about pursuing spiritual maturity, but I think it's really clear that uh, a really significant aspect of that is being able to speak the truth so that we can avoid being tossed to and fro by deceitful schemes. Understanding the unchanging and absolute truths about God revealed to us in Scripture mean that we cannot be swayed into the, believing the lies of the devil because that's one of the main ways that Satan actually tries to draw us away from Jesus by trying to convince us of things that are not true. So in that sense, a Christian knowing the truth by filling their mind with God's word, uh, it's a little bit like a lawyer memorizing uh, legislation and legal principles and past cases. The lawyer doesn't just do that to make their brain bigger and to make them more impressive to their legal friends. They do it to be ready for the courtroom or ready for uh, litigation with other parties when they need to draw on that knowledge in the heat of a legal battle. All of the things that they've filled their minds with um, make them ready to defend against an adversary trying uh, trying to beat them. And in the same way, we want to fill our minds with uh, truth from God's word so that we can uh, detect the devil's lies and defend against them. That's where we see uh, how God's word really is the sword of the spirit. I love the phrase, and I've undoubtedly used it before, uh, that word is to spirit as scalpel is to surgeon. And the scalpel uh, in that example, it's not just an interesting object to study, It's a tool in the hands of a skilled surgeon. And in the same way, the Bible isn't just an interesting 
text to study. Uh, it is a sword in the hands of the living, powerful Spirit of God. And he uses it to, uh, to do his work, and he directs it to, uh, to do his work in our minds and in our hearts. A key example of this from the Bible, uh, of uh, defending against the devil's lies with God's word, is the account of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness in Matthew 4. And Michiel mentioned this story last week as well. Uh, in that account, the devil tempts Jesus in different ways and at some point even quotes scripture at Jesus and tries to sort of manipulate him into doing what he wants. But Jesus is able to stand firm on the truth of scripture. Three times Jesus uh, quotes scripture back at the devil to defend against those lies. And so knowing the truth enables Jesus to stand firm. Now, one uh, false way that we might be tempted to try to evaluate what's true and what's false uh, is our own intuition about things, or our own gut feel about things. We might be tempted to make the call that something is uh, untrue because it feels foolish, either by our standards or by society's standards or to make the call that something is untrue simply because it doesn't quite sit comfortably with us. But that is not a good way of determining whether or not something is true. Because we actually uh, read in Scripture that the gospel is foolishness in the world's eyes, and that that is uh, intentional on, the part, on, on God's part. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians from verse 17 onwards, he says, uh, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then later on, for since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. So no one can know God through their own wisdom or intuition. We can only know God if he shows himself to us. And he does that through his word being used, used as the sword of the spirit uh, to pierce our hearts. And it's important to add here that filling our minds with uh, scripture should never be for the sake of looking more impressive or being able to talk down to others. Filling our minds with Scripture uh, ought to be done out of the des desire to draw nearer to God. Uh, it ought to be done out of a desire to seek Him and to become more like Him. We want to be doing that with a humble heart, not a proud heart. And it's possible that if you have a really good kind of Bible reading discipline, that one of the devil's subtle uh, schemes might be to start filling your heart with pride about that, it might start to sort of puff you up about that. So as you do this, as you uh, dwell on Scripture and fill your mind with God's Word, keep also praying for humility and keep leaning into who God is so that you know that you're hearing His voice and that you are continually made uh, more like Him. So how else uh, does uh, truth prepare us for the spiritual battle? Well, thirdly, the belt of truth stops the rest of our spiritual armor from falling off. I mentioned at the beginning uh, that the illustration of a soldier dressed for battle is actually, uh, so the, the, the belt in that illustration has a key role in keeping the whole outfit together. 
Uh, it holds other people of equipment, sorry, other pieces of equipment in the right place to properly secure everything to the soldier. And similarly, knowing and trusting God's word as truth is a crucial starting point for having a right understanding of things like righteousness and faith and salvation, which are those other attributes that we see uh, in the armor of God. So what does it mean to put on the breastplate of righteousness? Or what does it mean to take up the shield of faith? What does it mean to wear the helmet of salvation? What do all those things look like? And the answer is that uh, we know what they look like from God's word. So the, the truth, uh, that truth from God's word is the foundational thing from which our understanding of all the other attributes flows. And when we search the scriptures uh, to find the truth, like I said, God's word gives us that wonderful truth that uh, all these attributes are properly understood in light of Jesus. It's his armor which uh, protects us and helps us strong, stand firm. And so in that sense, knowing the truth keeps the whole armor of God firmly on us. Ultimately, uh, the devil might try and lie to you and say, you're not strong enough to keep all this on yourself, but uh, the truth on which we can stand is that Jesus is strong enough and he's already put it on, and I am united with him. So if we take the breastplate of righteousness, for example, uh, the, the way to understand putting on that breastplate would be to recognize and stand on the righteousness of Christ, which is given to you freely by his grace. A call to a put on the breastplate of righteousness isn't so much a call to do more or to be better, but is fundamentally a call uh, to recognize and rest in the truth that you are righteous in God's sight because of Jesus. And finally, um, how else does the, knowing the truth prepare us for spiritual battle? Well, ultimately, the truth from God's word sets us free from sin, and it helps us to point others to Jesus as well, that they may be set free. In John 8, uh, verses 31 to 32, Jesus says, if you abide in my word... You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the Jews that he was speaking to were confused because, uh, you know, they weren't enslaved to anyone, so from whom must they be set free? And Jesus explains to them uh, in the next few verses that he's talking about slavery to sin. Abiding in God's word, in other words, uh, reading, meditating on, believing, and living by God's word, that is feeding your mind and heart truth. And that truth, and ultimately he's talking about the gospel, uh, that will set you free from slavery to sin and will liberate you into a life of worshiping God as you were created to do. And that uh, liberation, that setting free, that's what the name of our church is all about, Liberty Church. It's about freedom in Christ, freedom from bondage to sin and death and freedom to uh, worship uh, God and know him as your father. And the way into that freedom is through knowing and trusting in your heart uh, that truth from God's word. One of the most common lies with regard to sin that the devil will try and throw at us is that your sin is beyond repair and beyond forgiveness. Maybe you feel that. Maybe you uh, feel like the sin in your life is so great that it is too, uh, too great for God to be able to accept you. 
Maybe you hear people think about, or maybe you hear people preach about a forgiveness of sins in Jesus and you think, yeah, but you don't know what I've done or you don't know what I've thought. My sin is too great. And if that's you, I want to remind you, I want to, I want to say to you emphatically that that's a lie of the devil. Let me encourage you with that and pull you back to truth. The truth in uh, scripture from 1 John 1 verse 9 is that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you truly repent from your sin and trust in the saving work of Jesus on the cross, God is faithful to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness no matter what you've done. The moment that uh, you turn to Christ, God looks at you and sees the righteousness of Jesus. And he will start to change your life from the inside out so that you uh, increasingly reflect that righteousness. That's what it means to be set free from, from slavery to sin. And that freedom in turn uh, helps us point others to Christ as well. When we know who Jesus really is, as revealed to us in his word, uh, we can point people to the real Jesus, not a Jesus of our own design, but the real Jesus as he's revealed himself to us in his word. And the real Jesus can set others free as well. One of our core values at Liberty Church is also that we're missional. We want to make the wonderful truth about Jesus known to those around us in our workplaces, uh, in our neighborhoods, in our friendships. We want people to be set free and only God's word can do that. Made alive in people's hearts by his spirit. So where does that leave us? Uh, we've been talking about the armor of God and the belt of truth and the, the word of God. And in the end, what's striking about all these things is that they all point back to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The armor of God, like I said, is Jesus' armor. And the belt of truth, well, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And the word of God, well, Jesus is the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. So when you're confronted with spiritual battles, with uh, the schemes of the devil to try and pull you away from Jesus, remember, run to Jesus. He has the answers. He has uh, the truth. So does the, the devil ever make you think you're not good enough for God? Well, Jesus says, I am good enough and you are hidden in me. Or does the devil make you doubt God's love for you? Well, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. And he shows us his great love for us when he lays down his life for us on the cross. Or does the devil ever make you feel worthless? Well, God's word says that all things, including you, were created by Jesus and for Jesus and that you're made in the image of God. So Jesus has the truth and it is good news. And having said all of that, it's crucial to uh, keep all of this in the context of the overarching truth that Jesus has ultimately already conquered the devil. He's already conquered sin and death on the cross. And if you've put your faith in Jesus, then God has united you to him in that victory. And if, you've, if you're sitting here and, or you're watching online and you've not yet put your faith in Christ, it's not too late and I would urge you to do so. The Bible says that if you turn away from your sin and put your trust in Jesus and his saving work on the cross, 
then your sin is completely forgiven and you are totally righteous in God's eyes, which means that you will have everlasting life, which means that you will be freed to live as you were created to live, knowing and worshipping your creator as your father. And that is entirely uh, a free and undeserved gift from God. So if you want to uh, chat about that more, please feel free to come and have a chat to me afterwards, or if you're uh, joining us online, you can get in touch through the church website, and we would love to uh, tell you more about Jesus and what it means to put your trust in him. I'm going to pray to finish up, and then the band's going to lead us in a couple of more songs of worship. Lord, we thank you uh, so much for your word. We thank you that you have revealed yourself to us through it. Thank you that you give us uh, truth to hold on to as a solid anchor. Thank you that you equip us to stand firm against the devil. Thank you that uh, you empower us to put on the armor that you've given us. I pray, Father, that we would fasten on the belt of truth and take up the sword of the Spirit and stand firm on the wonderful truth of the gospel and of everything that your word has to say to us. Lord, help us to love your word, to trust it and to live by it, and ultimately in all things to turn to Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.